Blog Talk Radio. Wrestling later tonight in Indianapolis, MWA in Lexington, Nebraska, IWC in Westminster, Colorado, and Pacific Northwest Blue Collar Wrestling in Portland, Oregon tonight. Of course, I am a sign guy along with the coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because his favorite actress of all time is Mike Quartz, Marky Post. Coach Mike Jones. And I want to welcome to the show today our guest from the great state of Texas, Johnny Blade. Johnny Blade, thank you so much for being here today with us. Thank you for having me. How are you guys doing? Great. Doing very well. Uh, the first question, since it's your first time with us, like we usually ask first-time guests, what led to you getting into the business of professional wrestling? Oh, man. Uh, well, that goes back till I was a kid. Uh, I'm 46 now. So when I was four, five years old, I was, um, you know, I grew up on uh, Houston wrestling down here in the, uh, in Texas. And my grandfather was a huge fan. So uh, it just started from there. Just been a fan my whole life. And uh, I hit up a show when I was 18, an indie show down here. And the rest was history when I found the uh, ad in the program about wanting to be a wrestler. So. So uh, that was that. Um, being from Texas, it has a very rich history when it comes to professional wrestling. You had the Guerreros running the El Paso area. You had um, Ed McLemore running Dallas, followed by Fritz Von Erich, who ran for decades. You've had countless promotions run out of the sportatorium after world class. The NWA tried to base out of there on one of their uh, revival attempts. There's uh-huh. the funks that were in Texas for decades. What's it like wrestling in an area where there is so much history and there's a lot of long-time fans that know what wrestling was 
back in the territorial days and sometimes compares it to what it's like here in the modern era. Yeah, you know, wrestling back, just just knowing wrestling in Texas has just been fantastic. It's been a great experience. Um, it's, you know, fun. There, there's a, that's a good word to use there. Uh, exciting. Um, and, 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 and very fortunately for myself, I got to wrestle in the Sportatorium in one of those promotions that you mentioned that uh, came after World Class. Um, 1995, which was uh, about a year after I had started, I got to wrestle in the Sportatorium, which was on my wrestling bucket list. And I did it in my first year in the business, and that was that was exciting. Unfortunately, that was the only time I got to wrestle at the Sportatorium. But uh, and that was for a Skandar Akbar's PWA. And um, you know, it's just wrestling's been great to me, man. And then uh, in Texas, of all places, Texas is a is a huge hotbed, and it's it's hot, and it's it's always been hot, and it's it's still hot now down here in Texas. So um, it, it's been fantastic. Now, in recent years, we've seen a lot of videos and heard a lot of interviews from wrestlers that regularly work at the Sportatorium on how horrible of a building it was compared to what people imagined it as that weren't really there or didn't see it from the perspective of someone working in the building when you got to the sportatorium what was the physical building like compared to how you may have imagined it to be um well you know back then i didn't know anything about it being run down and i mean i've I've heard a few things about that but um you know i didn't realize till many years later after they had torn it down how uh how bad off the building really was. Um, when I got there, it was, yeah, it looked like an, an old um, ramshackle barn is what it looked like. But I was in awe. I just, I stood outside and stared at the place for about 10 minutes before I even walked in. It was, uh, it was just so surreal knowing I was getting to wrestle in this place. And, um, I mean, for me, it was magical. And, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty worn down. Um, you know, I didn't see any, any rats or, or anything like that, but, uh, but, but yeah, but the, even though it was it was run down and, and, and you know an old dirty uh, building, it was just there was just something magical about it. You can feel it when you're in there, uh, and it was it was great. Totally missed that building. Um, in the last several years, you transitioned from active competitor into the manager side of things, what led to you getting into that aspect of the business? Well, just, just my love for the business mainly overall. Um, after being in the competitive side of it, I was um, I did a few appearances here and there. And, uh, you know, maybe an appearance here, appearance there, you know, the last, from like 2010 on up to about 2019, I was making very few appearances. And then a, a buddy of mine decided, you know, he's going to run his own promotion down here in the southeast Texas and asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. It's a guy I grew up with since we were, you know, before we were even teenagers. And uh, I said, yeah, I'll be a part of it. And, um, you know, the rest is history. We've been undisputed pro wrestling. We've been going at it for a little over three years now. We're running uh, strong shows and, 
yeah, just decided to try the managing thing, and, and, and unfortunately, it's worked out. There's uh, managers are very few and far between now uh, in the in the business. But um, you know, I think it's a lost art form that we need to that we need to bring back. We see very few managers at the national level, and even though there are more on the independent level, there's not the numbers that there used to be. Like you were saying, it's kind of a lost art form. Why do you think the role of manager has been diminished in the last couple of decades? Um, you know, I really can't answer that question. I don't know. A lack of interest? Uh Maybe Vince, you know, since 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 WWE was one of the, you know, only one of after he after all the territories went away, you know, he was one of the only places around, and you know, and for some reason or another, he did away with managers. So it seems like they disappeared everywhere after that. And um, I see they're slowly making a comeback. And um, you know, I, I grew up watching wrestling in the '80s, uh, so so I'm used to managers. And of course, my biggest influence ever, Bobby the Brain Heenan, he was the best manager ever. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just managers are, are, I think, are great for wrestling if used right, if used correctly. And, um, and uh, yeah, I, I feel like they're coming back slowly but surely. One of the people that you manage is someone that we know up here in the Pacific Northwest fairly well, that being Jason Sullivan. Uh, he got his start up here, was trained by Buddy Rose and Colonel De Beers and wrestled many years up here before switching locations to Texas. What's your experience been like with the center? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. My, my phone must have cut out. What's my experience like? What? I'm sorry. Uh, with Jason Sullivan. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, Sully's terrific. He's, um, he's fantastic. Of course, he's our current, uh, undisputed pro wrestling heavyweight champion down here. Um, and uh, he, he's been great. He's been a joy to work with. And, you know, with his experience and my experience combined, I mean, our chemistry just, just hit uh, when we started working together. And uh, it's going to continue June 25th when he uh, – he's going to defend the championship against another one of my guys who they've been kind of bickering with each other. So and I'm kind of caught in the middle of this whole thing. So uh, come June 25th, they're going to have their big match, and then I'm going to probably have to choose uh, or at least get those two to – get on the same page so we can all get back to functioning as one unit. But Sully, you have to answer your question. Sully is a, he's a great guy. He, I, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for a better guy to, to work with. Now he is a very large man. Yeah. And he, he is. You know what? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, he's not a, cruiserweight style guy he doesn't do all the flips and dives or things of that nature is the big powerhouse type of wrestler the type of wrestler that you prefer to manage you know i can i can honestly i can work with anybody you know give me a give me a give me a big brawler with a powerhouse guy give me a give me a guy that flips around the ring and does 460s or whatever i can work with anyone you 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 give me a guy to work with and um and we can we can do a lot of things together. But yeah, I really have no preference on that. I I, I can go uh, either way. You know, I have to adapt to uh, how wrestling is now. You know, it's definitely adapted over the years and um 
you know, and I, I adjusted. Now, we spoke about the sportatorium a minute ago. On the flip side of that, what would you say has been the best venue where you've wrestled? Any other than that? Because that would definitely be my number one. Uh, uh, other than the sportatorium, what would you say is like the best venue, whether it was because of the ambiance or because of the design of the building or how the crowds were in that, just whatever criteria you would define as best? Hmm. Well, you know, there's been so many that I've, a few that I've enjoyed. I mean, it's been many years. There's this, um, down here in Texas, there's a little town outside of Houston called Humble. Uh, it looks like Humble, but the H is silent. And uh, Texas All-Star Wrestling ran out of there, and they had this bingo hall, the Humble Bingo Hall. And that was, that place there was, you know, it was, it was like the sportatorium of down this way. It was, it was great. The, the ambiance, the, the craziness of the crowd, the way the building was, it was, that's always been one of my favorite um, buildings. Of course, the old Corpus Christi Coliseum. I got to wrestle in when I did enhancement for um, uh, WWE back in 96. Uh, I got to uh, wrestle in that building as well before they tore it down. It, it was right on the beach there in Corpus. So those two places, uh, the, the Corpus Christi um, Coliseum and the, the Bingo Hall in Humble, Texas, those were uh, two of my favorite places ever. The atmosphere was terrific. Well, at this point, my co-host, the coach with the most, Coach Mike Jones, is with us. I know he has questions for you, so I'm going to pass things over to him. All right. Hey, Johnny, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, Mike? Good. It's an honor and pleasure to have you on. We've got over 1,700 shows now, going over 10 years strong, and, man, uh, we appreciate having you. Awesome. I appreciate you guys having me. It's great. And then, man, you'd had quite the uh, career. Who were some of your heroes growing up, whether it was wrestling, sports, or just ordinary life? Oh, well, yeah, well, you know, when I was a kid, wrestling was pretty much my life. So um, when it came to some of my, the people that I um, – some of my first favorites that I ever loved, I remember one of the first guys uh, was Bruiser Brody. I was just so th- – I was just mesmerized by that guy when I was a kid. And I think is what I think it might have been Bruiser Brody is who drew me in. Uh, Bruiser Brody, Dusty Rhodes was another one. Uh, gorgeous Gino Hernandez, one of my all-time favorites, and the only real heel that I that I loved as a as a kid, Gino Hernandez. And um, those were some of my favorites. Of course, as you know, we got up into the uh, late '80s, early '90s. Randy Savage was was uh, was my favorite, and uh, that's who I looked up to. So, uh, All right, that's really yeah. that's really cool, you know. And then uh, words that extri- describe those guys: awesome, amazing, impressive. What a good bunch of heroes! Exactly. Absolutely. And then, what were some of your most memorable matches you've either been involved with or seen? Well, uh, seen. Oh my goodness, there's just. So many that I could – I'd have to just sit and think for a second, but I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. Some of the matches I've been in, some of my personal favorites were, um, of course, one of my sportatorium match, even though it was very short and sweet, maybe about four or five minutes long, but just the fact that I was in the sportatorium, you know, I could have been in there wrestling a broom, and I, I would have had a great time. So uh, 
I've also wrestled uh, the, the Ugandan giant Kamala um, back in 2004. Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan on three separate occasions. That was uh, another one that blasted him. That guy's I can't say enough great things about him. Back to Kamala, that's one of the – I don't know if you guys have ever spoke with him in the past, but he's one of the most gentle, uh, awesome, nicest guys you'll ever – you know, that you would have ever met. So um, Chris Adams, yeah. gentlemen, Chris Adams, another one of my favorite matches that I've had back in uh, April of 2000. I've been in the ring with a uh, one-man gang, Bushwhackers. Uh, a few, uh, few Hall of Famers, you know. I like to uh, – of course, Johnny Blade, the character, usually likes to brag about that, but um, – and, uh, and and I've been in the ring with a whole lot of people, a whole lot of um, great wrestlers, uh, whether it be indie wrestlers, legends, or whatever. I've, and I've had a blast the whole time doing it. Man, that's awesome and impressive. And then, uh, have you ever heard that the song Johnny Blade that we played earlier? I did. Yes, I wanted to comment on that. Thank you for the awesome introduction there. Um, yeah, I love that. One of my songs that I like. Now that didn't have any um, influence on my name at all because okay. I didn't even know about the Johnny Blade song when I came up with my Johnny Blade name. Uh, okay, yeah, cool. But I am a fan of the song now. I do like it, and so thank you for that. That was pretty cool. You're welcome. That's uh, from Black Sabbath off the Never Say Die album with Ozzy. Absolutely. Yes, that Black Sabbath oh. one of my one of my favorite bands. All right, and then uh, one of our standard questions, I'm sure Sign Guy and the fans would like to know, what is your favorite coffee to drink? Favorite coffee? Uh, I'm pretty basic when it comes to that. You just give me a cup of black coffee, and I get a couple spoonfuls of sugar in there. Every once in a while, maybe some cream, um, but that, that's it. I just drink it regular. All right. And then uh, did you play sports in high school or growing up? Uh, I played a little bit of football. Of course, then my grades weren't terrific, so I, that, that had to stop. I think I was so obsessed with wrestling in, in high school that uh, I, did, I did pretty uh, pretty bad in the, in my grades. And uh, not that I wasn't smart enough, because you know when I applied myself, I could I can get good grades. But I was so my head was so wrapped around wrestling that I just couldn't really concentrate in high school. Uh, unfortunately, and I don't suggest this to everybody, I had I dropped out. You know, of course I got my GED, went straight to my wrestling school, and the rest is history. But um, yeah, I played a little football, dabbled in football, and uh, for a short time. So my grades said no, not oh. anymore. Okay, and then what's some of your self-defense background? Uh, some of my self-defense? Oh, you know, you know what? Just the wrestling training, and I did a, I've, I've done a touch of MMA training, nothing major with that. So just, uh, just mainly my wrestling training, as far as that goes. Okay, and then. Uh, Yes, Jason Sullivan, one of the most impressive wrestlers that ever wrestled in the Northwest, and I'm sure, it looks like he's making his mark down there in Texas and everywhere he's been. I'd sure like to see him against Shane Taylor someday or possibly another real school army member, Andrew Anderson. Do you know if they've faced each other yet? Uh, I don't know, actually. Uh, you talk about Jason Sullivan and, and one of those two guys you mentioned? Yes, that would be great to see. Yeah, I actually would. Now I have uh, I have never uh, Shane Taylor is somebody that I'd like to I'd like to bring down here to our promotion. Um, I hear nothing but great things, and I you know I know he's a great wrestler because I've seen footage of him. Uh, unfortunately, I've never got a chance to meet Shane Taylor. I've heard he's a great guy, but yeah, he's a fantastic wrestler, and him versus Sully would be would be really good. And then uh, Andrew Anderson, that's another guy. Yeah, 
it seems like their styles would mesh well together. So, yeah, I would like to see that myself. Definitely. Okay. And then who are some of the toughest wrestlers you've faced or managed against? Some of the toughest. Well, uh, i tell you what. I don't know about how tough the guy is, but uh, I know you've, you've probably heard of uh, Alex Porto. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. i tell you what. That guy has a heck of a chop. I've uh, I've never been so uh, chopped so hard in my life in the uh, full 28 years I've been doing this. Uh, he left a handprint on me for, you know, I was there for a good couple of weeks at least, um, or at least a week. But, um, yeah, he, he comes to mind first just because of how hard he hit. I don't know if it was because I was green at the time because that match was in uh, 1995. But uh, that guy was that guy was super tough. Of course, for Texas All-Star Wrestling, I came up with a lot of uh, – older grizzled vets, you know, guys that were in the, you know, that were pretty much on their way out as I was just coming in. And, man, you talk about some tough guys there. There was a guy named Jag. There was a guy named uh, Bob Murphy who runs Texas All-Star Wrestling. He and his brother-in-law back then who went by Tank Tyler and Billy Butcher, that was his two names, they were tough as nails. Mad Dog and War Dog, the Hellhounds, they were tough as nails. I mean, you had all these old-school guys from the 90s. And then you have this little young punk rookie like me that was coming in, and uh, yeah, they had a they had a field day with me. I'm, I'm telling you, I'll tell you that. But uh, over over the years, I earned their respect and uh, you know became friends with a lot of those guys. Okay, nice. And yeah, Alex Perto, I always portrayed him as being a technical wrestler, but wow, that's uh, cool to hear that cool that he chopped you like that but it's cool to hear that he's got one of the hardest chops because his name probably wouldn't come up on most people's lists no 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 not, not as far as that part goes but uh no i'll i'll never forget that at all and uh and i'm pretty sure it was let's pick on the green you know let's pick on the green guy it was um myself and my trainer at the time we were tagging and i was wearing a mask because uh the pre uh the pre it was either the previous or the very next segment i had to do something with a Ahmed Tony Norris, who went by Ahmed Johnson in WWE, so I had to wear a mask, had to put my hair up in it because I had long hair, and it was. I just remember it being a mess because I was so beat up. Yeah, it was after the fact because I was beat up from Alex Porto, and going into that segment with uh with Tony, and it was uh, <laughs> man, yeah, those, those are fun times. I wouldn't trade those times for the world. Those were uh, those were magical. Right on. And then, uh, so what are some of the characters that you've, uh, different characters that you've used in wrestling? Uh, well, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been in the business since 94. I used my real name for the first year. Uh, and then starting in 90, late 95, I've been Johnny Blade ever since. Every once in a while, I would throw a mask on and do another gimmick. You know, if they just need a, a what, what they call jobber gimmick. Um, that's about all I've done besides Johnny Blade. But other than that, I've been Johnny Blade since 1996. Okay, and then uh, what's what are some suggestions you'd give people who think about getting into the business? Uh, well, definitely you want to have a backup plan. Uh, you want to get stack your money. I just I, I tell everybody that. I tell all the youngsters, you know, especially nowadays. You know, you were you you have to worry more nowadays it seems financially than than back when when I first started. Uh, with the price of everything going up and gas going up and it, you know and all that, so stack your money, just save your money, um, have a backup plan in case wrestling doesn't work out, and just give it a hundred percent and and go after your dream, go after it. Okay, cool. 
And then uh, what are some schools you'd suggest for people to go to? Uh, there's, there's so many options as far as that goes. Now, I'm not familiar with a lot of the schools that are outside of Texas. Um, I do know there's a couple of great ones in Florida. I know that for a fact. Matter of fact, I think Alex Porto runs one in Florida, if I'm not mistaken. The Samoans, I believe, have one. But as far as Texas goes, I mean, right literally uh, five minutes from where I live is where Booker T runs his. Um, so, I mean, I'm, you know, if you're looking to get in WWE, if that's your ultimate goal, then, um, you know, I don't see why uh, Booker T's school wouldn't be good to go to. Uh, if you're wanting something yes. maybe a little less, affo- you know, a little more affordable, um, you know, there's other schools around the Houston area that are that are good. Texas All-Star Wrestling School of Wrestling. Um, you know, there's also, uh, if you're in the Dallas area, there's a DFW, uh, which is run by a gentleman named Lou Gotti, and he runs a fantastic school. He's got so many people out of that school, it's ridiculous. He's, you know, turning loose a bunch of up-and-coming uh, superstars. So, um, yeah, that's yeah, the main well, ones, ROW, the DFW, and the Texas All-Star Wrestling are some of your main uh, schools in Texas. Yeah, what a blessing. And then what are some of the places that you've worked and been? Uh, well, pretty much all over Texas. Um, Texas. I wrestled a little bit in the uh, late '90s. I did Louisiana and um, and WWE's. You know, of course, when they were WWF, of course. But uh, enhancement. I worked with them. I did a little Texas run with them back in uh, March of '96, which was uh, pretty interesting to say the least, because so many uh, big things were happening back then. You know, when I was backstage. And uh, and working uh, WWF back then was was really fun. Yeah, what a blessing! And then, <clears throat> okay, so uh, okay, I'm gonna give you back to Sign Guy for a minute before I come back. Sure. <clears throat> Brother Sign. Sign Guy. <laughs> what do you do? Run off on us? <laughs> <laughs> he he shouldn't have he's running the show. <laughs> All right, well, bad. I got I'm back. Okay. Wow, okay. there you are. <laughs> Here I am. So, Johnny, one of the things that has popped up in pro wrestling over the last few years at the independent level is live commentary over the PA system. A lot of promotions have incorporated this especially when they're running newer towns that may not be familiar with the product a lot of wrestling shows live stream and they will do live commentary so there's a commentary in general to be had what are your thoughts on promotions that do the live over the PA commentary like over the, okay yeah I'm I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of that to be honest um I mean whatever the it works for the promotion you know I, I don't really like to judge but as far as us down here we don't like to do commentary over the it just to me it just sounds um it just doesn't sound right you know it's I, I like if I'm a fan I like to be able to hear you know the the grunts and the moans and the and the and just all the noise you get in the ring from a wrestler beating another wrestler. You know what I'm saying? I just I want all that noise. I want all that. I want all the yeah, all the flying and the, you know I just hear all the you know just hear all the noise. You know I don't want to hear people talking real loud. You know where it's hurting my ears over the match. 
um, commentary for a TV show. I don't mind that at all. We have we have a little ours is on a it's televised down here by Clear Life Media, and they do commentary, you know, for hours. And um, I'm all for that, but not yeah, not over the PA system. That's not my cup of tea. But whatever, hey. But I, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about it. Although I could, I guess, you know, I'm Johnny Blade, and I, I do, I, I do get negative at times. Right. One of the things that I think hurts with commentary over the PA is a lot of times the announcers don't know how to call a match without burying the referee uh, if the referees turn and somebody hits somebody from behind or they do a double switch a lot of times uh, announcers will call it out over the PA which sort of buries the referee Mm -hmm. a lot of wrestlers especially when they're young don't really know how to work with a referee without trying to bury them for whatever reason. There's a multitude of things that they can do that affects the credibility of the referee. As someone that has experience as both a wrestler and a manager, how vital is it, do you think, to maintain that referee's credibility without trying to bury him and trying to make him look like he doesn't know what he's doing? Uh, you know, that's actually a good question. You know, I've I've never really had that question before, and I've and yeah, that's to me that's very important because, I mean, the referee to me is just as important in there as the as the two guys working the match. Um, yeah, you don't want to you don't want to bury your referee. Uh, we have, you know, for us we have terrific referees down here that I uh, that I have good chemistry with, and and we um, we work really well together, and. Um, yeah, you you want to you want to work well with your referee. You want to um, you want that that flow. You know, you just want it to flow nice. You know, between the two wrestlers, the referee. You know, I like to. I don't know why people even like to bury the ref. You know, I like to get in there and, and give the give the ref a little bit. You know, I I like to do the spot where I push the ref. He pushes me back and I bump. You know, I, I've always loved doing that, even when I was a wrestler. So um so yeah, I think it's important to you know don't bury your ref. You know, get him. You know, and uh, get him involved when you can, and and don't bury him. And he's he's and just know how important the referee is in this match. You know, people take uh take the referee for granted a lot. They don't, in my opinion. One of the best referees to ever do it is out of your area. That being James Beard. Have you had many opportunities to work with James Beard in your career? Mm-hmm. Oh yes, James Beard. I have worked with him. As a matter of fact, uh, back in 2000, uh, I don't remember what year it was. I want to say 2013 or 14. Uh, I was managing a guy by the name of David Starr, and uh, we had a match with Buff Bagwell, and James Beard was the referee. And uh, my guy actually won the match. You know, we we beat Buff Bagwell, and I still brag about that to this day. Uh, yeah, we beat Buff, and and James was the ref. And yeah, James, you talk about you know knowledge. That guy right there, you know, he's sitting in a room with him and just the, the stories that he tells are just out of this world. I mean, you, you'd have a field day listening to that guy. I happen to carry a copy of his autobiography in my gear bag at all times, so I'm right on That's board great. with you. 
Well, then you, that yeah, that's terrific. You know what? I need to get me one because I do not have a copy. So you know, thanks for reminding me of that. I'm gonna have to get one uh, to add to my autobiography collection. Uh, the latest one that I've got, I believe, is my Kamala. I have a Kamala one and a uh, Dusty Wolf. I believe I have somewhere. Kamala speaks. I believe the name of Kamala's autobiography. That is it. That is it. Yes, and that was a that was a great autobiography. Um, yeah, I love reading those. You know, the very first one I ever read, I believe, was Mick Foley's. And uh, I've been hooked on autobiographies, on wrestling ones ever since then. What would you say has been the best book on professional wrestling written so far, whether it is an autobiography or a historical book or novelization of wrestling? What would you say is the best one? You know, I can't answer as far as what I think is the best because I don't I haven't read every book that I want to read. Out of every book I guess so far that I've read is um there is a book and I don't have it anymore and I'd like to get it again if at all possible, but it was um it was a book based off the uh Houston Wrestling Regional Promotion down here. It was called uh Friday Night in the Coliseum or it was something along those lines. Uh Friday night at the Sam Houston Coliseum. And it had so many stories and um, awesome pictures from all the wrestling matches at the Sam Houston Coliseum over the years from the 70s and 80s and whatnot. And um, so I, I remember enjoying that one. And then I read a uh, – was another book. I had a – I read – there was a Terry Funk autobiography I read a long time ago that I really enjoyed, and I need to find that one again. You know, now you're gonna, you, you've got to be wanting to get books again. I used to read all the time, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, now – and uh, and I haven't in a while, and uh, time to uh, get some more uh, some of them books. Can you recommend anything as far as autobiographies? Yeah, uh, for autobiographies, Hooker by Luther should be a must. Ah, okay, excellent. Um, Gary Hart's book is very hard to come by, and I have not personally read it, but I've heard a lot of great things about that book as well. That's one of the top ones on my list right now. I heard about that a few years ago, and ever since then I've been wanting to snag a copy of that. And uh, you would think my, with my location I'd be able to get one a little easier, but, uh, yeah, they, those are definitely hard to come by. But uh, I will come up with one one day. Gary Hart, that's, that's another guy that was just one of the best managers out there. The, the guy just had a manager, you know, just a mind for the business. Um the words enough words can't be spoken about how great he was. Oh, another one I would recommend is Lance by Chance by Lance Von Erich and Vincent Berry. That came out around a year ago. Autobiography of Lance Von Erich. Wow. Okay. I bet. I bet that's very interesting. It really was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm saying, we have seen a lot of wrestling movies over the years dating back to like the 1940s up through present day. Wrestling has always been, whether it's the main focus or just a small part of a film, it's always been there. What is your all-time favorite wrestling film? Wrestling film. <laughs> uh, well... I am a fan of Ready to Rumble. I am a fan of The Wrestler. Uh, 
The very first movie I've ever seen as a kid in a video store was something called Grunt, the wrestling movie. And I remember it being awful, and that was as a kid. So I don't know how that would be now. Um, you know, honestly, I don't really have a favorite wrestling film, but I am a fan of Ready to Rumble and The Wrestler. I thought those were, you know, two pretty good movies. I enjoyed them, you know, the, no matter how cheesy they were, you know, I, I did enjoy them. Well, I believe Coach has some things as well for you, so I'm going to pass things right. back over to Coach. All right. Thank you, Simon. Okay. Okay. Hey, Johnny, who are some of your favorite people to work? Some of my favorite people to work? Uh, well, of course, all the legends that I worked were just great. Like uh, like I told a sign guy earlier, I wrestled Hacksaw three times, uh, Jim Duggan, and uh, all three of those were just a joy. Um course Kamala and gentleman Chris Adams is one of my favorite matches that I've done uh, I wrestled against him about a year and a half before he passed away and uh, that, uh, was, that was just man that match I was so nervous going into that match and uh, I remember he showed up late and luckily I didn't know about all of his um, you know I heard stories after the fact about how he liked the party and how he Sometimes it isn't great to work with, and sometimes he doesn't treat the the indie guys well. And, but I didn't know this until after, so I was real excited to go meet him. And I had done an interview out in the, um, you know, out the show and proclaimed myself as Gentleman Johnny Blade from here on out. So uh, he asked me in the locker room, so what all did you say out there? And I told him about that, and he just laughed and kind of shook his head. He said, okay. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we went out there. We went out there and we had a really good match. He wasn't stiff. He wasn't. Uh, he worked with me perfect. He was. Uh, he was great to work with. And then it was after when everybody told me, "Wow, you had a good match with Chris." And I'm like, "Yeah, it was great." And uh, he said, "Man, he's usually hard to work with." But um, and he came in the back and said it was. He was really impressed with working with you, and you know he'd like to do it again. Unfortunately, we never did it again. But Chris Adams was was really fun to work. His super kick was. I didn't even feel it. Light as a feather. Wow, what a blessing and an honor, and it was nice here in the Northwest. We got to see Chris Adams in big-time wrestling in Portland in the in the Northwest for a few years, uh, okay. and then I, I I loved seeing his whole career all the way through, even his WCW run. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I followed Chris Adams since, uh, I guess, I don't know where if he started somewhere before World Class, but that's where I first saw him. Um but yeah, then when he and Gino Hernandez were a tag team, oh, I mean, I just couldn't get enough of that as a tag team. I was already a huge Gino fan as a, as a youngster. So, um, and then Chris, I was I was already a fan of him when he was babyface, and then when he turned heel, uh, I was like, wow, this is just great, you know. And their feud with the Von Erichs, I was uh, that was that was some good TV in the eighties. Yeah, Von Erichs were like my favorites back then, and then. That's really sweet. And then what do you got coming up uh, here soon? Uh, well, the next uh, the next event coming up, uh, I don't have anything until June 25th. It's a it's a pretty big show. It's our annual Heat Wave show. Uh, this is Heat Wave 2 uh, by Undisputed Pro Wrestling and um, in Bay Cliff, Texas, and it's one of our main venues. So, uh, yeah, it's one of our big shows because um, my guy, Jason Sullivan, that we had mentioned, He's got to defend his championship against uh, Jay Davis, the Rottweiler, who's another one of my guys, unfortunately. And hopefully uh, it, it'll all be smoothed over 
uh, after that match. Uh, once whoever wins wins, we'll go from there, I guess, uh, on, on what's going to happen on their future with Blade Enterprises. So uh, yeah, okay, that's my next cool. big event coming up. Of course, I've, there's an event coming up in uh, in September for a, a promotion called Tomahawk Pro Wrestling. And uh, they're out of Lufkin, Texas, which is about a three-hour drive from me. And um, I currently manage their champion, uh, who he's uh, – his name is Niles Plonk. He, he he goes pretty much all over the United States. So I don't know if you've heard of him. He's out of Missouri, I believe. No, and, I haven't uh, Rikishi, heard of him yet. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, Rikishi will uh, also be on that show. I'm pretty sure he's on the show, the show along with Jacob Fatu. So, all right. Uh, that's That's cool. Yeah. Anything? So anything a, else? Okay. Um, all right. And then, uh, no, actually, as far as the summer, you know, we have we have shows. Undisputed Pro Wrestling has shows every month, so we have June, July, August. So we at least have those once a month, and then whatever other promotions um, that I'm working, which uh, I know for sure is September Tomahawk, and uh, I think that's pretty much it so far. As far as my schedule, it's not as heavy right now as it as it was. All right, and then. Uh, we got about 15 minutes left in the live show, but we do we have a couple games that we like to play sometimes on the show called one of them is called Word Association. So I'm going to name a wrestler or promoter or figure and then you can tell us what your uh, first thought or experience is with them. Okay, I don't know if it'll just be uh, one word. I may have end up going in. I'll, I'll try to keep it short if that's the way you guys like it. No. Sometimes no, I'll start rambling fine. about somebody or something. Oh, it's all it's all good. We play it by ear. A lot of these <laughs> questions have more than one answer, and uh, we just play it by ear. So, and then most of these guys are either worked in Texas or out of Texas. So mm-hmm. the first one is Wahoo McDaniel. Wahoo McDaniel, um, oh, nostalgic. That's the first word that comes to my mind. He. Uh, I enjoyed watching him. I didn't get to watch too much of him. Now, when I was first watching, he was just kind of on his way out a little bit. Um, I remember seeing him. Of course, he wrestled in the Coliseum down here in the Houston Wrestling Territories. He was there all the time. And uh, and I remember seeing him in the uh, the NWA shows on the, the Center Stage Theater. Every once in a while, I'd see him in those. But uh, the, the times I watched him, man, I, I enjoyed him. He was he was a joy. And, uh, and people down here love him, Houstonians. They worship him. For sure. Yeah, and then what about the American Dream's son, Dustin Rhodes? Dustin Rhodes, uh, very cool guy. The one time I've met him, uh, super nice guy. When I did my uh, – when I first worked enhancement for WWF, when I arrived in Corpus back in 96, Dustin was the very first guy to uh, uh, shake my hand and say hello without me having to say hello first. And uh, I never forgot that. And I always thought that was really, really cool that uh, I'm like, you know, I'm nobody. And he approached me and said hello to me. And I thought that was great. Awesome. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about him. What about Jacqueline? Jacqueline, I enjoyed her. Tough as nails from what I hear. Um, very tough. I I, I liked watching uh, – she was one of the few women back in the uh, Attitude Era that I thought could actually work, uh, her and, you know, Molly Holly and – you know, women like that. And Jacqueline was definitely one of the, um, I watched her a little bit in Dallas too. Uh, sweet Georgia Brown, I believe. And, uh, All right. yeah, she was, she was fun as, as well. One of my, one of my favorite, uh, female performers. 
Okay, what about Chaz Taylor? Chaz Taylor. <laughs> oh, man, he's, he's a cool guy. Me and him, uh, we worked a lot of shows together, and uh, we actually still speak a little bit on social media. Uh, Chaz, is a, Chaz is fun. He, uh, not everybody liked Chaz back in the day. Um, I always got along with him myself. So uh, Chaz, Chaz is a nice guy. Yeah, I would think most of that was jealousy because he was such a good-looking guy and a great wrestler. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. But, you know, Chaz was, uh, you know, I actually wrestled. His dad ran shows, Tugboat. And uh, I was always yeah. on the shows. And, uh, and, 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 and you know, Chaz would sometimes show up late. Or, you know, hey, is Chaz wrestling, is working the show today? Well, I don't know. He's not here yet. It'd be intermission. And then he'd show up right before his match. I just remember some of the wrestlers, the other performers getting getting upset about that. and. I would just kind of laugh and shake my head and, you know, then me and Chaz would go off and talk and, you know, I never let anything like that bother me. You know, I'm not, I was never real political in wrestling. I just went and did my job and, and that was that. Yeah. Well, I didn't know about that part of it, but so I guess that, that could give people a reason to get upset about him, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, he only, now don't get me wrong. He only did it for that one particular promotion that his dad ran. And that was just a few times that I know of. So I don't want to speak like he did it all the time or anything. So. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I say. I never heard about that. Yeah, exactly. And then my, of course, the next person was his father, Tugboat Taylor. Tugboat Taylor. He, you know, I. I like I like Tug Tug a lot. Uh, he um, when I first went to look at wrestling schools in Houston in 1993, my mother had to come along because you know of course she was paying for it, so she felt like she needed to have some say and i visited two wrestling schools one was tugboats and the other one was uh dapper danny davis's school of wrestling and um after attending both i i knew deep down that i felt eh, tugboat is the trainer that everybody was going to um my mom ended up choosing the other one for me and i don't like to say my mom chose it but you know when she's paying for it i have to you know listen to her influence and uh, I ended up going to Danny Davis's school, and um, which was great. It was fine. Um, but back to Tug. No, I'm, I'm, sometimes I used to wish that I, I went to Tug's instead. I, I wonder how things would have worked out uh, for myself. But, um, but no, I'm satisfied. Danny was a great trainer. Matter of fact, he's running shows again in uh, Louisiana, where he's from, and he's got one coming up in Texas as well. And he just got back into the promoting, and he runs an outfit called a UWE from Louisiana. All right. Right on. And then another guy who had a good good run in the Northwest, Killer Brooks. Oh, Killer Brooks. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a guy I never got to meet. Uh, but I know a few. I worked with a – I have a lot of friends who were trained by Killer Brooks, and I hear nothing but great things about him as a trainer, as a person. So uh, overall, good guy, just from what I hear. I'm just going strictly off here to say because I didn't have the uh, pleasure of meeting of uh, Mr. Brooks. Okay, and then what about Texas promoter Jerry Bostick? Jerry Bostick. I don't know anything about him either, unfortunately. I don't – I've heard things. I don't want to say I've heard pleasant things because uh, I don't want to lie, but uh, I don't – I'll be honest. I don't know anything about that gentleman. I've never met him. And um, does he run world-class? Yes. World-class wrestling? Okay. Uh, and he ran uh, – was he a part of that SWE that they that was going on? I'm pretty sure he was. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah, I never got, I never worked with them. I never, never got a chance to work with them. Uh, I was trying to right before, uh, I don't know what happened with their company. Uh, had something to do with Hannibal and his deal, I guess, uh, when he stabbed the referee. But, um, yeah, I don't know much about him, so I really can't say much. Okay, how about Eric Emery? Eric Embry, the the oh Eric Embry, yeah. Um, one of, he was he was a guy that I enjoyed watching as well. Not I didn't watch him too much because when Dallas when a world class stopped, they had USWA and the TV for that down here went away, and I think they were based out of Memphis if I remember correctly. So I didn't see a lot of Eric Embry. Um, I saw a little bit of him when he wrestled in Dallas, but from what I saw, I saw some uh, I saw some good stuff from him. He and uh, I remember he and Nick Foley had a couple of good matches that I enjoyed. All right. And then what about Texas legend Kevin Von Erich? Oh, love Kevin Von Erich. I have a picture with him that uh, that I cherish. Me and uh, Kevin met in Galveston at a show, at a huge show this promoter had that brought in all these big names back in 2014. And uh, Kevin Von Erich and his two sons. And Kevin Von Erich, was, yeah, he's an awesome guy. Super awesome guy. Definitely. How about Thunder Rosa? Thunder Rosa. She you knows she's really transformed the uh, the women's wrestling game uh, here in the state of Texas. I'm proud of uh, seeing someone from my state uh, succeed like she's doing. And um, you know, she was just a couple of years ago. She was just a, a just a, a female wrestler on the indie circuit. Now she's you know she's gotten her name out there. So uh, very successful is what I say. Success. A lot of success in a short time for Thunder Rosa is what I say about her. And her matches with Britt Baker are just were just uh you know fantastic. All right, awesome. And then another Texas legend and WWE Hall of Famer, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Uh I know there's been a lot of negative talk on that guy over the years. And uh, you know, when I worked enhancement for WWF, he was uh he was there, you know, it was right before his big match with Brett at WrestleMania twelve is when I went and worked for them. And uh, Sean and, and I were in the same locker room at one point together the next night in San Antonio, and he uh, he was super nice. I mean, I remember I spoke with him. I was very nervous. I didn't want to speak up because I've heard stories that, hey, be seen and not heard. You know, don't – I couldn't have contained myself because at that particular moment, Sean Michaels was my favorite, was, was, you know, when I'd watch it on TV. And then I got this enhancement deal to go wrestle some matches with them and – uh I spoke with him, and he was super cool. He uh, spoke back to me, and we had a minor conversation in the locker room, and and um, I always thought he was cool after that. And I said, oh, you know, Sean, he was cool to me. That's exactly what my response was, was going to be. That's definitely cool. Okay, I just got a couple more here. How about Ray Gonzalez? Okay, uh, I'm sorry, who was that again? Ray Gonzalez. Ray Gonzalez. Can you – I don't know why that name is not coming to me right now. Okay, he was one of the trainers at Shawn Michaels' school. Uh, oh, Ray. Well, you said Ray or uh, – is it Rudy? You talking about Rudy? I think it's Ray. Ray Gonzalez or is it Rudy Boy Gonzalez? Uh, it's probably Rudy, yes. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, Rudy. There's another guy that uh, I hear nothing but negative negativity about. Now, he's somebody I don't I don't personally know him. And I've never even met Rudy. I think I've spoke to him on Facebook once or twice. And everybody 
trips out when I tell them that I've never met Rudy Boy. They said, you've been wrestling this long, and he's been wrestling this long, and you guys have never crossed paths? No, that's just how it worked out. Somehow, somehow, we never, we've been on a couple of shows to where I worked, and he was there watching either his wife or he was there for some reason, maybe one of the students or his wife. He and I have never crossed paths as far as speaking in person to each other, so which I think is uh, really strange considering how long he and I have both been in this business. Okay, and then just a couple more. Jim Duggan. Oh, man, I love Jim Duggan. Love that guy. He's one of my all-time favorites. Um, one of the three times that I got to wrestle him was in Bay City, Texas, back in uh, August of 2005. And I get to the arena, and I was asked by the promoter, hey, uh, Jim Duggan's over at the uh, local bar. Can you go pick him up? I said, sure, I'll go get him. So I go over to the bar, which is about a you know five between five and ten minute drive. I get there and Hacksaw's sitting at the bar drinking, and I told him who I was, and he remembered me from the previous match we wrestled against each other. I said, uh, "Is you ready to go to the arena?" I said, "Yes, sir. I came to pick you up." He said, "Okay. Uh, why don't you have a drink with me first? I said, "All right." I told the bartender, "I'll, I'll have what he's having. Uh, I don't drink vodka, but uh, that's what he was drinking, so that's what I had." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it, we said before we knew it, I was getting a phone call. Uh, from the promoter, hey, where are you guys at? The show started. I said, oh, my goodness. So uh, a pretty tipsy Jim Duggan and I have to haul it over to the arena, and we had one of the best matches. You know, and admittedly, we had a little too much to drink. It did not affect our performance in a negative way. It actually, I think, enhanced our performance better uh, because we've gotten compliments on it to this day still. People still talk about that match, and uh, that was just always one of my fun moments that I loved now that I remembered about Hacksaw, but yeah, overall great guy, and I wish him and his uh, family uh, nothing but the best in there in his battle with his uh, cancer diagnosis. Yeah, continued thoughts and prayers for him, and it's definitely impressive, and man, I love your story. And the last one so uh, on the list is the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan, that's another guy that I've never met, that I've heard uh, good things about. Uh, a, a man that's got a, you know a lot of knowledge for the business i'd love to sit down and pick his brain on on so many things but yeah that's another guy i never got to meet that i'd like to one day um kevin sullivan but i definitely did enjoy watching him uh he was a one of the top heels you know he was very believable uh when i remember that when i was a kid he was so believable i thought he i thought he was as evil as he portrayed himself you know that's that's how convincing he was yeah, it's been an honor for the Real School Army and us in the Northwest. Got to work all over the country with him and about a hundred times at least. And he's a mentor of ours. And yeah, we've really been blessed to work with him. But hey, oh, yeah. like we got about five, five minutes left. So I want to wish you all the luck in the world and tell Jason I said hi. I wish him luck too. And man, it's been a pleasure and honor to have you. Thanks again. Uh, yes, I appreciate you guys having me, and um, and, and thank you very much. If you guys uh, – I'd like to do it again someday. You guys reach out to me anytime, and uh, if you guys need anybody else, uh, there's probably a bunch of guys down here that like to come on your show. You probably have a full schedule, I'm, I'm sure, because you have such an awesome show. But, uh, you know, if you ever if you ever want anybody else, reach out to me. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had Jason Sullivan. I'd like to get him on there as well. Right on. But uh, thank you guys very much, and um, I guess if this is it, then I'm going to go ahead and uh, wrap it up and um, talk to you guys I in the future. Trying, thank you so much. 
Huh? I think sign 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 guys got something else. Oh, absolutely. No I problem. Just say, um, go ahead, plug, promote anything you want. Social media, uh, upcoming shows, merchandise, your favorite seafood restaurant, anything you would like. Go for it. <laughs> oh man, you know I, I don't think I can't think. I don't have any merch or anything right now. Just uh, you know, for anybody down in Texas, you know, June twenty fifth, Bay Cliff, Texas, at the uh, fire department. Pavilion, Undisputed Pro Wrestling with Heat Wave 2. Um, we also got in September at the Lufkin uh, Civic Center, Tomahawk Pro Wrestling is coming. Uh, Rakishi, Jacob Fatu, um, a few other guys. I'm, I'm, I'll see who it, Malia Hosaka, I believe, is also on that card. Uh, and just, you know, watch wrestling, people. Get out there and, and support your uh, support local indie wrestling. I'm a, I'm a Huge proponent of that. Uh, take the kids and, and just go out and have a good time. Well, Johnny Blade, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Best of luck as you continue with your career, and hopefully we'll cross paths sometime. Absolutely. It was my pleasure, and uh, you guys take care. Thank you All so much. Right. All right. And definitely Bye-bye, check guys. out Johnny Blade on the YouTubes. There's some stuff up there. Check them out if He's at a show near you. Coach, as we wrap things up, you got anything to plug, promote, say? Yes. Uh, it was an honor to start the maiden voyage of the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast yesterday. That I thank you so much for helping me get that started and helped me co-host yesterday our, our baseball segment and the wrestling segment. And so you can check me out at the Coach Mike Jones podcast on Blog Talk Radio and other platforms and also you can check me out at coach mike jones the coach with the most and coach mike jones on facebook twitter youtube and instagram also don't forget the real school army the ngw green room for interviews the seattle mariners organizational report and the cincinnati organizational report that i do with sign guy and then also, if you're looking for a car in the Northwest, you can check it out. Check out SNS Best Auto Sales in Auburn, Washington. They also have online. Tell them Coach Mike Jones and Wild Lyle sent you. And if you need a tow in the Northwest, check out Big Boys Towing. And then we also got shows June 18th at the Strawberry Fest in Marysville, Washington, with CPWs putting on a huge show there. And then July 16th at Fitness Quest in Auburn at the Super Mall, there's going to be a, a showcase show, charity for the Auburn Slam Wrestling Academy, July 16th at Fitness Quest for CPW and S- NGW. And uh, we're hoping to get some top stars for seminars for that, too. All right, well, Fans, don't forget, also, I forgot to mention in the show notes, Wack will be back tonight in Everett. Chris Hero is going to be there, I believe, signing autographs. So make sure you get up there to Everett to support Wack. I'll be in Las Vegas this next week. If you happen to see me in Nevada, especially if you're Damian Cole, come say hello, buy me a coffee, what have you. We'll be back with you next week. We have on Friday, handsome Nick Hamrick and his manager, eight victors. Then one week from this very day, our second of two, Johnny Blades. This one, Russell's out of the Midwest, having 
wrestled all over the country. We're excited to have him as we wrap up Blade Month. Everybody stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you soon.